Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the gyps in the PC. It is Saturday, the 6th day of January, Anno Domini 2024. And you, <laughs> you lucky people, you're listening to Sound Bites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And it's six minutes after the hour, we are going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose. Kick off your shoes, don't get the blues. Did you pay your dues? Here comes the news. And yes, it is 22. This is the first show of uh, 2024. Wow. Very exciting. Yeah. How many, th- how many times have you messed up the date? Oh, I, I, uh, this Adjusted is the first time now, I've typing, right. Yeah, typing the title into this yeah. stream. Just, uh, yeah, 2024. You got to get in the habit of doing that. Same with right. If you, some folks still write checks. Yep. Remembering that you got to put in 2024. Yep. I, I name a lot of my files with the year. The month, mm-hmm. the day, so that they el- that when you alphabetize them, they come out correct, mm-hmm. um, and so a reverse alphabetize them. So it's twenty four oh one oh six one whatever the thing yep. is. <clears throat> Didn't I write twenty three the very first chance I had? Oh really? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, Facebook has started archiving all users' link history globally on both Android and iOS devices. While users have the option to opt out. The feature is turned on by default, allowing Meta to utilize the collected data for targeted advertising. As the digital marketing industry moves toward a cookie-less future and stricter privacy laws, targeted advertising, while effective, faces uncertainties. Facebook's new feature could well prove to be a loophole for marketers wishing to reach high-value customers, but the solution could be temporary. This feature is gradually being introduced and so may not be currently available in your location. Meta hasn't provided a specific timeline for the rollout of the Link History Archive option just yet, but it has confirmed it will be expanding to all mobile users globally. As of now, this feature is exclusive to mobile and is not available on desktop. Link History is a feature, if you want to call it that, that keeps track of the websites you visited on the Facebook mobile browser over the last 30 days. If enabled, it stores links you've tapped uh, with face- within Facebook's mobile browser for this duration. It's important to note that links visited in Messenger chats are not included in link history yet. You can turn it off, select any link in the Facebook app, which launches Facebook's mobile browser. Click on the three dots uh, in the bottom right corner, select Browser Settings, and then uh, 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 hit the switch next to Allow Link History, and you can change Allow to Don't Allow. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that's Bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is Facebook has a new way to track users. Your choices are, love Facebook, let them track me. Sigh, of course they do. I'll turn it off. I don't use Facebook on my phone. Face what now? Is that like MySpace? So far we have 19 votes. And sigh, of course they do, is tied with face what now? Is that like MySpace? Uh, and, of course, you can vote at the poll. The poll is at uh, soundbites.org. That's bites with a Y, 
Francis would like us to remind you. And, of course, you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ, that's 966-5299, toll-free 800-790-0415. Facebook is already tracking you on your desktop browser. Yeah. And on the web, and and now they're going to track you uh, even better in their own browser. Especially uh, when you have the mobile app, because your phone with geopositioning knows where you are all the time. Apple, in in some system update, put a a warning about when apps want to access services of your phone. And first time, Facebook wants to access your Bluetooth service. What the heck does Facebook need Bluetooth for? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, because it can track you. Because it can track you. Yeah. And it can but track other people near you. Yep. This kind of goes along with one of the later stories. There are the people have so many ad blockers and cookie blockers and whatnot uh, that they have to find more creative ways to track you. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's it. One thing that I've always suggested people do because one of the things that Facebook uses is a universal cookie, and that means it's always active even if you're not on Facebook's website. And, of course, they've got the Facebook trackers, which are single pixels that they put on lots and lots of websites and in lots and lots of ads so that they can then follow you across anything you do. So one of the things that I suggest people do and that I do myself is I use a completely different browser to access Facebook than I do everything else. So Facebook only ever sees, because cookies, while they can be cross-site, um, so far at least can't do cross-application. Mm-hmm. So a, a, a cookie on Firefox can't track you on Chrome, Chrome. or Brave or you know, any, any yep, of them. Yep, one of the others. So use, I, what I tend to do is I use uh, one browser for Facebook and a different browser for everything else. Uh, and that's significantly cut down on the junk, to put it uh, in a way that radio will let you say, um, that I see on Facebook. Because it just doesn't know who I am or where I'm going or what I'm doing. I'm I'm a blank slate as far as Facebook is concerned. Well, one thing that annoys me... <clears throat> As you know, you can uh, you can see certain stuff on there, and oh, maybe I'll go and check this out, and maybe purchase it. But once huh. you purchase it, it's like I already have it. Don't keep inundating me with these stupid ads. Yeah, I get I get annoyed with uh, Amazon for the same thing. And we found something you might like. Not only did I like it, I bought it six months ago. <laughs> yeah. Stop telling me it's a nice thing, especially yeah. if it's a lower price. Especially oh, overpriced. It knows what I buy, so stop telling me. Yeah, rubbing. So, yeah, you might like. The, yeah, it's like the old commercial that we used to see on TV. The guy with the computer in the back of his car yeah. driving down the oh, highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got the big smiling. T- he's got it at a great T- price. My and T5 also- computer and goes by the big billboard that says "New T6." Yep. Yep. At a lower price. Yeah. Yep. Well, I have There's- I have a couple of friends and. Those of you listening know who you are, who are huge fans of one environment, whether it's Google or Apple or, you know, whatever. Every time some device comes out for that environment, they have to buy it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they come out long enough apart that it's not a problem. Sometimes they come 
so close together, you barely get one unboxed when the next one's available to you. Yep. Firefox is, is um, working on something called Global Privacy Control. One of the founding members, along with Brave right. and um, uh, Privacy Badger from the Electronic Frontier Foundation. So Global Privacy Control is an extension you put into your browser that will put the do not track and, and um, uh, do not collect data signals in your URL requests. Right. And so far, they're being honored. So far, yeah. mostly. Yeah. But the Chromium-based browsers and, and um, uh, Safari and WebKit-based browsers don't support it yet. So right now it's only basically Firefox uh, and Brave and DuckDuckGo and, and the bigger ones. Uh, but then Privacy Badger is, all, is a, a blocker uh, similar to um, Ublock Origin and Ghostry that we've talked about in the past, but, but put out by the Electronic Frontier Foundation, who uh, one of the biggest proponents of our privacy. Right. All right, to the phones. Our first caller is Dave from Canandaigua, New York. What's up, Dave? Oh, me already. Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of questions. I'll try and keep it short. Uh, working on uh, Google for nonprofits, the workspace thing. Yeah. And I, uh, we also stream from YouTube. Uh, I'm from Zoom into, into YouTube. And it, it automatically launches Firefox for me. And I presume that's my because it's my default browser. Right. Okay. So the problem is that it could be anybody sitting at that computer, and it keeps it, it tries to do two-factor authentication. Authentication. And I'm the, the, I'm wondering if like a security key would overcome all that. Like a, sometimes a USB. Yeah. Or the YubiKey okay. or. Um I guess pretty much everybody else got out of security dongles, didn't they? The yeah, the PayPal dongle, the yeah. Key, yeah. One of the so 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 something like the YubiKey that does do the um, uh, one-time passwords uh, can work on a lot of those systems. But there was just a question on Security Now last week about it that somebody turned that on and um, or they turned on pass keys and then it starts ignoring the one-time password requirements, the two-factor authentication requirements. Yeah, passkeys is better than a password, but it's still not enough. So he was mad that that right. I forget what website it was turned off two factor um, because he turned on passkeys. But something like um, uh, the the YubiKey one time password. The problem is not many sites use those. Um, Google and Microsoft both have software based authenticator apps. Annoyingly, both called Authenticator. Right. With very similar icons, so I never know which one I used when it asks me again. Uh, but you can would, you can also do something like that, too. Would, would those work on a, on a Windows PC? Well, the problem is they work on the phone, and your, your real yeah, problem is that... that's my problem. Right, right, right. The person sitting at the computer may not have that phone. And, and <clears throat> that's part of the security. If it's a bad guy sitting at the computer logging in, you don't want that right. code to pop up on the computer so they're at. So if, if it will... If it the site you want to go to takes a Yubi key or some sort of physical key, then you could, I suppose, pass that from person to person. But, uh, you know, I envision yeah, key, it getting the, left at the computer, which means there's... Well, that, yeah, that, that's where, I mean, it's a, the, the risk of someone getting into that computer is low and the problems 
if they got into it, are not really that significant. Question, though. Somebody could launch a Zoom session or whatever, but, you know, it's dedicated. Yeah, let me just ask a question. How many folks actually use this computer, would you say, Uh, roughly? Well, I could say three or four. Okay. My question is, is why not set yourself up as, say, the administrator, and then you create a whole other identity for guests which use, you know, a different window and a different browser. Do they have to use that browser? Whereas if well, you were to make... Uh, the, the question is not logging into the machine. It's when you start Google Meet, it oh. wants two-factor authentication. How, how many yeah. people are using this? Is, is it one or two or is it... He th- said three. Dozens. Well, yeah, three or four. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to build it up because it's a, a yeah. small organization and, you know, you know you trying can, to get... You can add People trusted phone them. numbers to your Google account, so it will send the the code to someone else's phone. It doesn't always have to be your phone. You, you can, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've got like three numbers on one. my Google account. But it sends it to all of them every time. Well, it asks me which that, one I want to send it to. Oh, okay. Because I've got my home number, my work number, and my personal cell phone number, yeah. Okay, I will look into that because that would solve my problem. Is whoever gets brought in to actually run a session, it's they know their own phone number, presumably. Okay. Yeah, well, theoretically they uh, should. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, a quickie is—is is it worth the trouble? I have the uh, DNS records that I—I I kind of fell into all this stuff, and uh, you know, I had to like do a bunch of things to to solve other problems. And I looked in the in like the C name file. There's all these entries in there that I'm pretty sure are obsolete. Is it worth trying to get rid of them? Uh, but how do you figure out which ones are are, are actually? <laughs> yeah, that's used? that's the problem. That's a hornet's nest. There. They're not, if they're not bothering anybody and they're not causing a problem, just leave them. And they're not that big, anyways. All right, just leave them. Okay. It's so much that, safer. Yeah, that's good enough. And the only other one, I assume the answer is I'm I'm up to crick. <laughs> is that I have a website that was developed using Divi on top of uh, WordPress, and you cannot go from Divi to anywhere else. you got to redo everything. Yeah, yep, yep. That, you're, yeah. you're basically SOL, severely out of yeah. luck. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, that's enough for now. You'll be hearing from me later, and I have one rant for you. Okay. Okay. Gray text on a white background <laughs> uses more energy than black text because you're turning the pixels on or off, yet more or less. They're ruining the planet. Yep. Yeah, okay. Thank Most you, Dave. More energy. Most systems have added a dark mode now, yeah. so you got a yeah. black background with white text. Yeah. We, we joke yeah. in the early days you had an amber monitor or, or green monitor, yeah. and then when, when uh, the Mac came out in 84, it was a paper white screen with black text because that's what we were used to on our typewriters. Right. And then when yeah. dark mode came out, it was all exciting. But right. what if what if dark mode was first? Would light mode be all exciting? Yeah. <laughs> mm. right. All right, thanks, Dave. Yep. Catch you later. Bye bye. Well, dark mode is uh, you know all the eight year olds with usernames like Dark Overlord of the Universe. Yeah. They're all you know. Yeah. See, I didn't hear mode. that he was using it for uh, meeting. Right. 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 Yeah. Because um, that adds. Yeah, but is, but you're right. You can add multiple. Uh, phone numbers that sounds, that's even easier that yeah like problem um so yeah yeah uh, cool to there, know though there are some very very useful 
things out on the web. The problem is who owns them, who runs them, who has uh, mm-hmm. the, the right to start a session, for example. Uh, that's where that's you know that's where the rubber meets the road. And in many organizations, you know, in computers, it's easy, but people are messy. Yeah, and people make organizations, so organizations are messy. Should I write that down? People are buggy. People are what? Bucky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I found the root cause of all our problems. Yeah. It's people. Yeah. I just ran across this one uh, video, and this group is called Scam Busters. Nice. And it's a huge organization this guy started. And he is a, a programmer, coder in that, that him and his team, and he's expanding the team, are building up. All these, uh, you know, the scammers and breaking into their systems. Nice. Oh, scamming the scammers. Yeah. Scam- which, which is technically illegal because you're, you, it's illegal to break into someone else's computer, even if they are a bad guy. Right. Well, he's that's, doing that's it the problem. and getting in there and secretly, you know, without their knowing it, going in and wiping out all this history that they're gathering from all these other people as far as their information in that, and they're you know estimating you know he's literally saved people millions of dollars nice. because of these scammers, and they're trying to get this group to grow more and more to bust these scammers because the scammers they were annoyed because he broke into their system, and he was showing right where they were and then pulled them up on the screen. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, well now they've gotten even more techie and uh, are doing it more and more where they can sort of slide in a backdoor because as we know Windows has a lot of holes in it. A lot of holes. And they've been able to, and they're not stating how they do it, but they're getting on in and setting themselves up on these things so they they can periodically at night just delete their whole database of information. And it is getting them so annoyed because they can't figure out how they're doing it. Right. There was, a, I saw a YouTube video, you've heard about glitter bombs? Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. One of the guys that was the, one of the first people to make a glitter bomb did, did, how far could he take it? And he had like two liters of fart spray that would, would <laughs> spray. And he put little tiny quadcopters, micro quads. For those, yeah. for those listening, if you don't know what a glitter bomb is, what, what it is is this guy started it. And what he does is he takes like an Amazon box, booby traps, that and leaves it on his for porch pirates that steal your boxes. For the porch mm-hmm. pirates, they get it, they take it home, they open it up, and glitter everywhere. It explodes, glitter everywhere. I saw one that it broke. They opened it up in the car yep. with yeah. all the, the fart spray and the glitter. <laughs> it was all. <laughs> he had one with the little quads came out with their own bottles of fart spray to fly away and, and spread the fart spray. Um, and then he put cameras and, and transmitters in it so he could watch the bad guys. This like 12 or 13 year old kid, um, you know, apparently mom stole the box. The kid opens it and, and the, the spray starts coming out and, oh my God, that YouTuber is trying to scam us. <laughs> the stupid YouTubers. <laughs> Stupid YouTubers! We're just trying to steal things here. Yeah. It, well, I saw one where they, t- you know, they grabbed a bunch of the stuff, took it home, and they opened up, and it had the glitter in there, but it also had that moose spray. Oh yeah, which I guess or is worse elf, than elephant, pepper spray. Elephant toothpaste. And it, no, it's too. just a spray, and it it's burns yeah. and stings mm. even more when the cops showed up and. <laughs> 
because they were following him. He had a tracker in it, and the police show up, and they're sitting there trying to get out of the house, and they got this glitter all over. One of the the interesting things they found is that that they had left a backpack in the back seat of a car in in a theft-prone area, and and people weren't breaking into it. what they were eventually able to find with, you know, they had cameras and stuff, that people would break the, the little, the, the small back window, reach in and open the, or, uh, pull down the seat to see what's in your trunk. Oh, To decide if they wanted to break into the trunk or not. Interesting. Because the backpack, the, 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 their, their glitter bomb got too big, and so it wouldn't get stolen because it was too big. So they had to make a small glitter bomb. Yeah. It's, it's, but yeah, so sometimes, you know, stuff in your in your trunk isn't safe because your rear seats fold down and and the bad guys break the the window to see what's what's back there. Yep. Well, another one though that, that I've seen which I was laughing my butt off is these uh folks were waiting for the porch pirate to show up and the guy saw him circling around and all of a sudden he stops and he gets out of his car and he goes to come up to the porch. Meanwhile, this guy on the side of his house is going along the side, gets in the guy's car and takes off with it, leaving the guy there and he's running. Hey, you stole my car. Nice. I like that. Busted I like that him. a lot. Yeah. Um, we do not here at Soundbites or at Jazz 90.1 <laughs> condone theft of people's cars or um, performing pranks that could, in fact, hurt someone at some point. Uh, these are only but they for, are fun to watch. These are only for educational or amusement purposes. Do not Amusement. try this at home. Amusement. Um, but yeah, there's there's uh, uh, there are certain areas. You know, I look. I've heard stories of people who package up cat litter, used Di- all their old garbage. Yeah, diapers. Old. Yeah, garbage. Yeah, you don't have to take your garbage out. Just put it back in the Amazon in the box, box and leave it out on the porch, and yeah. somebody, somebody will, will take it, it for well, you. The problem is, this is getting to be known that that people do that so the pirates are opening stuff on the porch and then dumping it out don't you say you you put like old tvs out at the curb so people will take them yeah no the latest thing now they'll open it up take the part they want and leave all the scattered pieces sitting on your lawn yep yep that's that annoys the heck out of me well i saw one where the amazon guy was taking this huge tv up to the porch and he just threw it down yeah and the folks what the heck they had it on cameras they open up take it in it's like a big 60-inch TV. They open up the box. And somebody No, somebody already stole it. That's why the guy just threw it because it was, it was so, so light. light. Wow. That there was no TV wow. in there, not even the packing material. He goes, this is the fourth one that's been either broken or stolen. Wow. Wow, yeah. they're getting brass. Well, you know, and that's... They used to put in a counterweight, you know, so you get a box of bricks, so it felt like the thing you right. bought was on now it. Now they don't no, bother with it. They don't bother with that. When I was working at the computer center many, many centuries ago, um, we had our UPS driver, and I said, there's a guy, he was bringing in a bunch of computers. I said, there's a guy just walked into your truck. What the guy who walked into the truck didn't know was our UPS driver had been a Marine. Mm. That guy came flying out of that truck. <laughs> Onto his back. I've asked our drivers, do you, do you ever stop and think how much money you're carrying in the back of your truck? No, I, I don't want to think that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to think about it. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, that fellow, that may be the last time he ever tried to break into somebody's truck. <laughs> Certainly by the time he got out of the hospital, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. 
But uh, don't forget, folks, you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, and with you. It is 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That's Sound Bites right here at the Truly Great and Truly Grateful to You that we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. We will see you in just a couple of minutes. Online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 35 minutes after the hour, we are Sound Bites, and we have Ed from Henrietta, New York, on the line. What's up, Ed? Yeah, hi, Johnson. I wanted to know if it's possible to... Uh, um, I used to be able to do this. On my Android phone, I've got uh, the uh, Peacock um, streaming services that give you the English soccer. And uh, I swear to you, last week it, it was working fine. So I tried to get the replay, and um, nothing happened. Uh, so I sent a message to... Uh, to uh, Peacock and actually got a response and it says, "Oh, we don't uh, we don't support Chromebooks." Well, I mean, either that I'm not sure something's wrong somewhere. But my question is, I was on the phone and uh, Chrome OS has got something that says that you can uh, um, move the uh, the signal from your Android phone to the Chromebook through Chrome OS and a couple of uh, uh, things you have to go through. One of which I don't understand. It says on the right hand side at the bottom. Select the time you've got three things: the time, et cetera. And there's a little small phone icon on there when you turn on the Bluetooth, but that doesn't come up. The whole thing comes up. So I don't know if I'm doing something wrong or not. Or this is an IdeaPad five that I got it. I got it last year, so it's got you know, I think the version is 119, so it's more than what uh, they require for this uh, right. to go through. I don't know if you can do that. Number one, and well, number two, if, you should be it. able to 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 move things from one machine to the other. Um, and yes, when you hit the clock, a whole bunch of stuff comes up. But in there is the icon for Bluetooth and the icon for all, well, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So, so you should you should be able to find the icon you're looking for in that block that comes up. Yeah, I do. I, I push on the phone with the, my accent pencil, a real fine thing, but the whole block comes up together. I can't segregate the phone up because. Uh, according to the directions, once you get the phone, then it says, okay, accept, go, et cetera, et cetera. But I can't get past that partition that's not well, let me uh, just get the phone. Now, you you have to confuse, you, you've confused me, and I apologize. You say you're on an Android phone, but you're using Chrome OS? Well, no, no, I'm trying to get the signal. I used to be able to get the signal through the hotspot on my phone, and then I was just pulled up on the, the hotspot and see it on a bigger screen. And uh, uh, for some reason, I think uh, Peacock just decided not to do that anymore because I wanted to try it. Now, the rest of the... Uh, the All right, hold, uh, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry, i got to back up. You're on an Android phone, and you're trying to set up a hotspot. No, I got that. I used to be able to just get the hotspot from my Chromebook and pull up, uh, say, the stream for, as I say, um, Peacock. Peacock for the game, whatever. And I just get a bigger screen. It's easier to read. No, I understand that. See. So you're you're saying that you can't do a hotspot on your phone anymore? No, no, I can. But it, what what they're telling me, 
um, the response I got from um, from um, Peacock was that they don't re- they don't anymore support Chromebooks for this. So it's the, know, I thought, it's the service that's not supporting Chrome anymore. So are you Peacock. using the Peacock app or the Peacock website? No, I got the I got the app for Android on the phone. Works, works, well, it, works fine. It, it, Last week they decided to not do this. I well, think. right, but it doesn't matter if it's on the phone. If you're trying to watch it on the Chromebook, you need to have a, have either the Peacock app on the Chromebook or go to the Peacock no, website I, on the Chromebook. I got everything. Yeah, no, I got the Peacock on the Chromebook. I got the website. Same thing on the on the Chromebook that I have on my phone. Exactly. And right. the hotspot works, and the whole nine yards used to work. All of a sudden, they just stopped it. So I wanted to know if I could go to the back door, and I saw that there's a Chrome Hub that Google's got where you can, you know, do a couple of things and supposedly... Well, if uh, you have a, a, a newer Chromebook, you should be able to run Android apps on your Chromebook. But they have a Chrome right, app, too. That. That it's, but um, he's saying the, the Peacock has stopped supporting the Chrome app, mm-hmm. but it still will support the Android app. So if you run the Android app on your Chromebook, it works the same way. Yeah, I'm just surprised yeah. that it's still in the Google Play Store if if, if Peacock is not supporting it. I, that I can't help you with. And you're sure you're logging in with the right um, Peacock credentials, and you have the you oh, yeah. and you See, have the subscription. The, also, right. when the was, thing is it works? It works on the phone. Fine. Yeah. When was the last time you updated your Chromebook? Uh, last, uh, I think I just cleaned it out last night. I you know re- rebooted it and cleaned out the cache, the cry, et cetera, et cetera, like you're supposed no, to do. No, I'm no, saying updated, update. actually ran an update on your Chromebook. Oh, I mean, an update? Uh, I think there's one pending. I yeah, because what's happened is a lot of people are saying that um, they could not run the Peacock app, but the actual Chrome app, but after an OS update, they could. Oh, I see. Okay. So, so at, at the very least, try running the update. that update and then maybe well let's try this erase the peacock tv app from your chromebook mm-hmm. update the chromebook okay. and re-download yes. the app install okay. it set it up yeah 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 because what's odd is that uh, it works on the, the phone fine but the picture is just kind of like <laughs> it's a little small no i understand that I, d- I do and uh the other thing you should be able to do actually if that continues to be a problem, is you should be able to cast the picture from one device to another. Right. That's what I was trying to do exactly. I was reading about the, uh, and that's what, when I got hung up, it said, tapped in the bottom right for the phone. I tapped that phone icon, but the whole nine yards comes up. You can't segregate that phone icon out to go to the next step. It'll say, get the phone, and then tap on that, and then it'll bring it up, and then you go to... You turn on the Bluetooth, and then, then I think the next procedure is... Yeah, none phone, of that blah, is blah, necessary. Blah. Absolutely none of that is necessary. Uh, okay. Because when you cast, it goes over the actual Wi-Fi network. I got you. Yeah, because I see it's, just a, um, uh, it's a strong Android, blah, blah, blah. I'm on a hotspot now. I'm looking at the Chromebook, so that part... The other, the other thing that's odd... Um, I just Okay, we weren't done with thing. that, though. The uh, the thing when you okay. go to this um, um, uh, the um, can never think of it Peacock the site y- you can pick up football baseball basketball whatever works fine it streams it great and uh, except for some reason I don't know if I have problems with the English league or not but it just will not give you it'll give you the highlights 
I, but you can't get the replay games for some reason. I don't know if they're just, uh, you know, figuring, hey, you don't I've, deserve that or not. Are the games not listed, or do they are they listed and don't play? Uh, no, no, the replays are all they're all listed. If you miss a game, um, I, I saw it. This is why I think I don't know what's happening. Maybe they're going to come on and want some more money because last week I got partial live game, and I went back to it and it just stopped. So I was thinking, what the heck? I'll just watch it on my phone. So I wanted to watch it again, see the the replay. So I started it, I think, a couple of days ago. And then the replay would come up, and it would start, and the little icon would uh, start to circle around, and it would stop. And you get a blank screen. Then they did wait for blacks. And then it says, Peacock's not responding. Do you want to shut it down or send a message? So I tried it a couple times, and I went back to it again. And you could see some other things, the highlights, which are also streamed. You know, that comes through fine. So it's I don't understand yeah, it That's sounds like the problem is at Peacock's end mm-hmm. because if you can, if if some things are working and some things are not, they're all coming right. from the same source. So the problem sounds like it's at mm-hmm. Peacock's end. And on Peacock yeah. TV's website, they still claim to support Chrome OS. So yeah, you might so want to go back, like we originally said. First, <clears throat> uninstall that program. Do the update on your Chromebook, and okay. then reinstall the Peacock. Gotcha. Okay, that's a good point. I'll do that today. Thanks a lot. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. one other thing that I ran into because uh, I had a subscription to uh, Paramount Plus. Oh yeah. You know, and that's coming up, and it was they wanted a hundred and thirty bucks, and I heard that you know down the road it's going to up. They're yeah. all increasing their yeah, prices. Yeah, I go. Yeah, no. So I call them up to cancel. Because I took it off of AutoPay. That's one thing, folks, when you sign up for these subscriptions, the one thing I would caution all these folks to do is go into that site and check the settings for renewal and turn off Auto Renew. Although sometimes you get a lower price if you're on AutoPay and Auto Renewal. Right. Because they, they want you to forget to cancel it. Yeah, well, I uh, I had gone in and turned off the auto renewal, and I've done that before. So I call him out and says, "Yeah, no, this is too much money. I don't don't want it. You know, it's just too." Well, what if we give you a year for half that price, fifty percent off? So instead of one hundred and twenty dollars, they go sixty dollars. He goes, "You know, we can, like I say, give two for a full year because the wife likes it." Because, mm-hmm. all right, so tell we, you what, I'll, for the f- 60 bucks, he goes, well, I can take one more penny off of it and make it fifty nine ninety nine For less, <laughs> less than 60 bucks. Less yeah. than 60 bucks. So he goes, there, now you can yep. tell her it's less than 60 bucks. I said, okay, got it now for another year for nice. fifty nine ninety nine. So we have to have it for all the Star Trek show- shows. Right. The wife's got it. Uh, she's got a couple programs that she likes watching, and it's like, okay, now I can get it for a half that price. Well, we have to we have to all now wait and see how well uh, Amazon does now that they're putting ads on the paid service. Mm-hmm. Because well, if, if people if people buy that and people don't complain enough, and if their numbers don't go down, we're going to see everybody else doing it. And too. Paramount Plus is doing that now too. That that. They they have a a pay tier service and they have a higher ad free pay tier service. Yep. So it's well, and that's most what. But the, the problem. Well, but Paramount had that from the beginning. Yeah. Amazon is now essentially taking something away at the mm-hmm. at the main price. Uh, Disney's doing the same thing. My wife is complaining about that. I, I hate the commercials. We 
we've been ignoring commercials for 40 years. You right. Know? Get the lower price, we can ignore the commercials. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm of an age where a commercial is sometimes welcome. Yeah. Pee break. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> they don't bother me as much as they or used to. Or a quick run to the refrigerator, grab <laughs> something to drink. Exactly. <laughs> New season of Halo coming on Paramount Plus, February 8th. Yeah, I think Paramount, I think I have Paramount. I don't remember anymore. Because Reacher is new last Reacher. night. Yeah, I'll yeah, watch I it this afternoon. I'll watch it this I got to watch it tonight. Season finale next uh, next week. Yeah. For Reacher? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. Maybe I thought it was eight episodes, and they've only been five. No, there's only five. I think. No, it doesn't matter. I'll watch it. It's still good anyways, I'm and he's are, they're already matter. into use uh, announcing that they're already recording uh, season, season three. three. Season yep. three. Yep. Yeah, so yeah, episode six was last night, episode seven next Yeah, I think week. there's eight. Um, there was a shocking development. Those of us oh. who've read the book know what that shocking development is. Yeah. But we'll be watching it anyway and being shocked uh, all well, over again. Sometimes you don't know because there's some, sometimes there's differences between the books right. and the, and the right. shows. But uh, we'll see. It's, well, it, what was when I liked um, um, Starship Troopers? Uh, the, the movie, apparently the subtle parody of Nazism was lost by most people and they hate the movie. <laughs> yes. Verhoeven was was a prisoner of the Nazis. Yes, he was. <laughs> but um, uh, so Dizzy uh, dies on page two of the book. Yeah. But in the movie, she. Boiler alert. Yeah, yeah. She is. Uh, she's you know key to like the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Dizzy was a guy in the book. Died yeah. early, and in the movie, um, lasted much longer. Yeah. And was a woman. Well, that's. Yeah, the difference, you know, what they can put in print and how they play it out are, are always so totally different. Well, you know, that's why I like reading the book first and then going Starship Trooper was written in an era when, you know, it was it was young men's entertainment. Right. It was teenage boy. This was a young adult novel, what they call now uh, that that Heinlein wrote. And, uh, and in 1959. Yeah, and and it was not. Um, also, it's a it's completely different. I can understand why they wouldn't use the powered armor because the actors disappear in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why superhero movies people are always taking off their masks. Yeah, you you paid for that face. You want to see it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I get that, but uh, and even like in Halo, when they do the, do the powered armor, it, it's pretty good. Yeah, but they often take the mask off. But the Halo. Master Chief in his mask is like the That's character in the, the mask. Character. Yeah. Well, it's the it's the Mandalorian all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, he actually to take his it mask off. off a couple of times. It was like, excuse me. In world, you said. So who was the mustache for? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's absolutely true. And can he take the mask off to shave? Yeah. Because he only had a mustache. No. Well, they can take their mask off to eat. And that's as long as there's nobody else around, yeah. Yeah, they usually yeah. go off to their own areas to take their mask off to eat. Yep, yep. Um, well, listen, I might as well read this uh, news item. Google has just disabled third-party cookies for 1% of Chrome users a year after it first introduced its privacy sandbox project. The company announced late last year that it will kick things off by disabling cookies for a random 1% of Google users globally on January 4th. 
Chrome owns more than half of the worldwide browser market share, and that means Google has killed cookies for 30 million users. People included in this rollout will see a notification when they, when they launch their browsers, telling them they're one of the first to experience tracking protection. It also explains that tracking protection limits sites from using third-party cookies to track them as they browse. Since this rollout is bound to break a few websites that have yet to adapt a chain, to a change that will affect most people who go on to the Internet, Google will allow users to temporarily re-enable third-party cookies. They can do so by clicking on the eye icon that is now on their browser bar uh, to toggle off the new feature. Again, this is only for 1% of people, so don't call us and say, I don't see the icon. But they're going to roll it out. Right. Uh, Google's Privacy why? Sandbox Initiative, just like its name implies, was designed to be an alternative to cookies that will allegedly allow advertisers to serve users ads while also protecting their privacy. <laughs> Excuse me. It'll, it assigns users to groups according to their interests based on their recent browsing activities, and advertisers can use that information to match them with relevant ads. The system is supposed to be less invasive than cookies. All data and processing take place on the device itself, and Google says it will store user interests for only three weeks. The project is, but boy, are you going to see ads for those three weeks. The project has caught the attention of regulators over concerns that it will make the company even more powerful than it already is. But if all goes well, Google will continue to roll out tracking protection over the next few months until it has disabled all third-party cookies for all Chrome users by mid-2024. So, again, if you're not seeing that little eye icon and can't and don't know that what's going on, don't bother to call us. It just means you're not part of the 1%. Listen, you've never been part of any 1%. So don't. Don't start thinking you are now, but sometime by mid 2024, you will uh, uh, be able. You will see the third party cookies are disabled, but it isn't there for you yet. So, do you care if Google tracks you? Give us a call five eight five nine six six jazz. That's nine six six five two nine nine. Toll free eight hundred seven nine zero zero four one five. And Security Now did a uh, big deep dive uh, last August on how the technology of of uh, of it works, Google's calling it topics because it's it's generating topics as a a something you're interested in to tell the advertisers. And one of the neat things is that they they randomly pick a topic you're not interested in to help muddy tracking ability. Right. So it's uh, it's interesting to see if you know if this is going to catch on. Well, you know, since you know Chrome is doing it, Chromium will do it. All the Chromium-based browsers will end up right. doing it. And the only one that won't then is Firefox and uh, and uh, Duck, Duck Safari. Safari. What the, about Duck? Um, was it um, Brave and DuckDuckGo and all Duck, of those? Duck, I think oh, yeah. they're all based on Chromium. Okay, so they're all using yeah, the same base. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Google keeps getting hauled into court for advertising, but they make their money from advertising. Yeah. So they have to track people for advertising purposes, but they can't track people because it it invades their privacy. So what do you do? So Google's trying a lot of stuff, and some of it I think is going to be to our benefit. The federated learning of cohorts failed. Right. <laughs> so now we're on to topics. Yes. Uh, well, they're throwing anything up to the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. Yeah, so advertisers want to know all this information. Um and people don't want to give that information, but people want uh, relevant ads. You know, I, but we don't want to. If I'm going to see an ad, I right. want it to be relevant. But I don't mm-hmm. want to give the advertiser any clue about who I am, <clears throat> right. so they can give me a relevant ad. So the advertisers don't know what to do either. It's a it's a conundrum. Yeah, 
double-edged sword that cuts yeah. both ways for good stuff for us and annoying stuff for us. I would definitely rather see zero ads mm-hmm. than irrelevant ads. I'd rather see zero ads. Me, personally, I'd rather see zero ads. I know what I want to buy. Yeah. The problem is is advertisers have had, had all this data for so long they don't want to give any of it up. You think back to the old TV days. You had no idea who was watching a TV show right. and what advertising you would put in a show. Um, and then they started having Nielsen ratings, and people said, what show I'm watching? So then the, this show skews to an older audience. This show skews to a younger audience, so we know what ads to put into it. Right. Well, Same thing with billboards on the side of the road. Who yeah. sees them? Well, everybody. Mm-hmm. So if I'm if it's a generic service or whatever, okay. Yeah. But I can't target an ad to a group on a billboard. My uterus is just fine. I don't need this medicine. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it, and I get it. You know, advertisers live and die by selling their product. I absolutely get that. And the problem that we're seeing on most of these things, of course, it all comes from being a publicly traded company. It's not that Google isn't making money. Google's right. making money hand over Boat fist. Loads. They're not making enough money to satisfy their shareholders. And they have a fiduciary responsibility to make more money every quarter. Remember, every company that is publicly traded, the customer is the shareholder. You are the product they bring to the customer. That's true of Apple, of Microsoft, of Google, of any publicly traded company. You are the product, not the customer. They'll mm-hmm. call you the customer. They'll tell you you're the customer. But nobody cares if you lie to a product. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a, it's just a thing to remember. One of the reasons that I prefer open source is I'm not the product. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, it makes me happy to not be the product. Are there a couple of things I can't do or can't do as easily as I could if I were a product, sure. Am I willing to give up being, you know, free of that? No. So, yeah, it's a very different, uh, it's a very different mindset. Well, um, that's like, uh, for me, I find such a big difference when I, you know, my two computers upstairs that I do my ham stuff with has to be Windows. It's right. just what I have to live with now. <clears throat> But when I come downstairs to my other work computer, that's Linux. And it's like that just goes so much smoother, no hassle. Like the one upstairs, I've got some issue. Now all of a sudden it's booting slow and i got to take the time to go. It's like, what a pain in the butt. But, you know, I have to live with that. Whereas the one downstairs, Linux, since I put it on, it hasn't given me any trouble. Like you say, it does the updating. I'm thinking, geez, this other program, they just keep saying that they're going to come out with the Linux version, and I'm still waiting because uh, the last update was in February of last year. Right. And they keep promising. But I understand because they're rewriting it from the ground up, and it's going to be a whole new. So I'm trying to be patient, but. Windows isn't making it any easy. Well, exactly. And you know, you can always go Mac. Hmm? You can always go Mac. You could always go Mac. Huh? 
I'm sorry, I don't understand those words. Huh? Yeah. Individually, they make sense. Yeah. When you put them in a sentence, I don't get that yeah, at all. I, I was going to say, why go there, yeah. pay more yeah. when I can go for free and well, get and the, and the Linux? Is, there really, there truly is very, very little you cannot do on a, on a Linux machine anymore. Um, I just, I'm, I'm, was talking to people about this the other day. I put, I, I, I built a Plex server. I built a Plex server. It took me five minutes to, to install Slacker. it. Slacker. Download, install. Download, install basically is yeah. all it was. Um, and, uh, still took you now five I'm, you minutes. Now I'm ripping, I'm ripping my personal DVDs, which is acceptable. Um, I own, the, I own the DVD and I'm just putting it on more usable medium for me. Nobody else gets to see it but me, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I can do all of that on my on my Linux boxes, and uh, and it's not a problem, and it's super easy, and it's super fast, and it's all free software. Um, so I'm I'm pretty happy uh, with, with being able to do that. All right, uh, our first hour of our first show of 2024 is done. But do not despair. There's a whole nother hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe coming your way. Another hour of Dave Enright, another hour of Steve Ray, another hour of Nick Francesco, and another hour of you. You'll be able to give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415. And we'll we'll be right back here. Don't, you know, take a quick... Bio break. Grab uh, grab yourself a beverage, and and uh, you got a couple of minutes to do that, and then come on back, and we'll have a lot more sound bites right here on the truly great, and truly grateful to you that with your generous support, we are member supported. Jazz ninety point one. See you on the other side. It's America's longest running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. Celebrating 50 years on the air in Rochester. Welcome back to America's longest running computer show. Sound bites on member supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And four minutes after the hour, you're hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe. Sound bites, right here on member supported jazz ninety point one. Oh, how many of you have already screwed up writing twenty twenty four? I did. Very first chance I got. We talked about that already. Back to the phones. Our next caller is William, all the way from Hampton, Virginia. How are things in Virginia, William? Well, considering that I'm hurtling headlong into the second half in the second half hour or the second <laughs> hour rather. <laughs> 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 Hey, I'm feeling well. How are things up in in the great city of Rochester? Well, right right now, pretty good. We're supposed to get a few inches of snow later tonight. But oh, at least you guys are getting snow. But Something shut up. Thanks for, for calling, years. William. Bye bye. Yeah, but at least we're not getting blasted like Syracuse and yeah, no uh, kidding. Syracuse and Buffalo are supposed to get the big part. Matter of fact, the whole 
East Coast is under watch that they're going to get, you know, in the Not foot. likely to come here. I can tell you that right now. We will, <laughs> it will be something if we ever see any snow in this place. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I've been following you guys' discussion with avid interest, and here's my two cents on it. There are two things that I need when I use any kind of social networking website, an account and, um, I guess, an IP address as well. But I think back to what Nick had said in previous panel discussions about you know, fudging a little bit on my, my personal data, like maybe my, my date of birth or something like that, you know? Right. But anyway, that's my two cents on it. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I tend to do uh, when I have to sign up for anything is lie. Mm-hmm. I, I don't <laughs> mind lying mm-hmm. to no. a website. So, for example, you know, they want, um, they want for example, your security uh, uh, question. What's your what you know? What was your first car? What was my first car? Purple. Yep. Or generate a sixty-four character random password. Or ge- generate a password. You save it in your password. They manager. don't. There's no check. It's not artificial intelligence. It's just a Mm-mm. field. So you no, can lie, and that. as long as I have my end um, uh, pass open, mm-hmm. there's a note field, and I can write in the actual question and my lie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that if I have to go back, and I lie differently on every site. You know, for example, there is no site on the planet where I have said my first car was purple. I say that on the air. Mm -hmm. But it is not what I say in the site. And each one is different. So on one site it might be purple, on another site it might be plastic, on another site it might be uh, cloud, you know. Pick up. Whatever word I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. uh, and so, like you said, it doesn't verify it or check no. it. Right. The only time it's going to verify it is the next time you log in, and it might want to ask you one of those three questions. You have to remember how you answered those questions. That's why it's a good thing yeah. to, you know, in NPASS, to put those mm-hmm. security answers in there. Because if you're using all different answers, because like we say, lie about it till your ter- teeth turn mm-hmm. blue. You know, and that we've had a couple of people um, who've lied about their age, right? Uh, forgot how old they said they were, right? So that's we're, why you write yep, it down. We're trying to go through the password recovery, and it wants your age, and they put in the right age, and it doesn't work, right? So, oh shoot! Well, I, you can put I, in the I, right. Can't, I can't. We'll go back in time and and punish past me because future me can't remember what they right, said, right? <laughs> well, that's why you write it down. But yeah. yeah, write down everything. Lying, lying to a website. Is fine by me. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Um, it's just they're just grabbing your data. And well, then you get really weird ads. There is that. <laughs> you put in the you put in the wrong uh, demographic. You put in the wrong age. You put right, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, there's you know. So I'm a twenty twenty two year old uh, you know retiree living in Miami. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, um, feel free. To lie on social media. I get, you know, you get those little things, happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, this this is not my, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told him when my birthday. I lied that this was yeah. my birthday. That's right. So, I yeah. Would probably, I would probably change the year. That's what I would probably. Sure. Then you, get, then you still get the right thing, but you're, you're a little younger, a little I mean, older. Change the century. <laughs> it's, you know, 
18. I wonder what happens. I've never tried putting in like 1919. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes if you have to, if it like scrolls through the years, it, yeah. it'll go back a ways, but not that far. How yeah, about right. if you go in and put in, say, 2022? Or how about if you go in and say 2034? In the future, yeah. yeah. Well, then sometimes you run into the age-related issues where you have to be X to, right, to, right, right, to right, right. use a service. You're not 13 yet. Right. So, yeah, there's a uh, – yeah, but you can always – William, lie. Lie mm-hmm. your little butt off. And have fun doing it. <laughs> exactly. Because right. that's for your own safety and security. This is the only time I condone lying. Yep. And I do it joyfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I will use – I, I do pledge to use a certain amount of obfuscation with my data. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you, William. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. All right, guys. Great program, as usual. Thanks, Thank William. You, Keep listening. And get everybody right. in Hampton to listen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. That's All your right. job. Bye-bye okay. Now. Thanks. Later. Uh, there are a couple of bills working its way through the Senate, I think it was, um, uh, amending some of the previous child protection bills. They want to raise the um, uh, under 13 to under 17. But the problem is, and, and is now when you're under 13, how is the website supposed to know if you're lying or not right yeah and and so it's illegal for someone under 13 to use facebook uh oh and facebook is getting sued for 200 billion dollars uh because people under 13 have been using it right well facebook says are you under 13 and you said no so you know you lie to facebook and now facebook has to pay 200 billion dollars so they're they're fighting back of, of course of course but um so, so then what do we do? Well, you have to verify your age somehow. Well, how are you going to do that? Upload your driver's license. Okay, now all that information is out for other people to steal. Well, that's right. where or kids... maybe is, I don't have a driver's license. Or they're stealing their parents' driver's yeah. license and taking all the information from there, which would put them legally yeah. of age and, in a, you know, verification. Like you say, all that information, their driver ID, their address, mm-hmm. and everything else... All of a sudden, now this kid, because he's got to get to the one site, is being uh, hacked. Yeah, some I wonder if you, you can can't... use something like Dali and say, generate yeah. a driver's license for a 24 year old named Somebody Joe Smith. Yeah. Interesting. There, there is something new going around. I've seen it popping up on Facebook. Oh, okay. People are putting, it's like glamour photos of, yeah. of themselves all um, glammed up. Ah. And. Um, and someone sent me one of, of this is me, by the way. Those of you yeah. watching the the video stream, and so so I click on the link in in their glam shot, and it and it says, "Yeah, Facebook wants to access the, your your." And no, 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 right. I'm not doing that. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, so you, some some things legislation says you must be this age. There's no technical way to do that. Right. There is. There isn't. Unless you can say something like, you know, who wrote this song? Well, then I ask Google. Well, there's that. Exactly. <laughs> All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Tom from Brighton, New York. Hiya, Tom. What's up? Yeah, hi. Um, I've got an iPhone 13. I'm pretty happy with it. But when I'm scrolling, like I have a long series of things I'm scrolling through, in the middle of the scroll, it'll suddenly back up, like, um, you know, all, most of the top. And I'll get a, a haptic uh, vibration on, on the phone as well. 
um, what's causing that? Often that's an ad that showed up at the top of the screen and then timed out and disappeared. So that two inches of ad is now gone. And so things roll up a little mm-hmm. bit. And then a new ad comes out and pushes everything down a little farther. It's, it's, it's very annoying. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's it because uh, this happens with, oh, what am I trying to say? Certain uh, Apple applications like uh, scrolling through, um, um, I don't know, the weather or... Um, I have noticed through. that happening also on Android when there's an auto-refresh. Yeah. So at some point it says, oh, I've got new news or new weather information or new whatever, and it refreshes the screen, which immediately takes you right back to the top. And and so the, the... The trend of continuous scrolling, endless scrolling web pages is getting screwed by auto-refreshing. Something new comes at the top, and I was down here at the bottom, and now I'm not anymore. Right. Right. Any way to eliminate that or reduce it? The only way you could do that is if that particular site has a choice of do not um, auto-renew. Hmm. Like, for instance, it sometimes happens when I'm scrolling through my uh, list of stocks. For instance, I, I, there's a, Apple comes with this a stock market monitor where you can go through a list mm-hmm. of saved securities that you're, that you're right. monitoring. And, and if, that, uh, if that list updates, let's say you have it set to update every hour, you can scroll for a whole or, hour and not have anything happen. Or then, you may not be able to set it at all. That app just does. Well, but what I'm saying yeah. is, you know, at, at yeah. the end of that hour, when it refreshes, yeah. it'll you take can, you to the top again. So unless you can turn that off, that's going to just keep happening. You can sometimes turn off background refresh for all apps, but then when you want to refresh, it doesn't. Right. Yeah. But this happens even when I'm, it's like, I do it for a few minutes and then it'll back up and then... Two or three minutes goes by and the same thing will happen. So it's not like an hour or so, it's just a few minutes. Well, it, it depends on, on what you're doing. So, for example, um, on, the, on the stock app that I follow, they update every couple of minutes, yes. Mm-hmm. So that you get the latest stuff. You know, you, you can pay Bloomberg a metric bucket load of money uh, right. and, 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 and refresh constantly. Uh, but yeah, so you know, check the refresh time on a per application basis. If if there's a setting, if there's a setting somewhere in the settings that lets you change that, you you can change it. But I don't know that turning it off is a good idea because then you don't get the latest data. Yeah, and even if I'm scrolling through a New York Times article, for instance, and I get go down a few paragraphs, it'll then suddenly back up to um, yep the higher. Yep, and that's the that's the thing that that Steve was just saying about it changed the ad, and and you know the ad is the most important part, so they're going to show you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just reading uh, an article here uh, from July of twenty three. Um, most browsers have removed the uh, auto refresh disable option. Yeah, because it's the ads that are being refreshed most yeah. often. Okay. Well, it's just going to be a hard, hard life then, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> what I will sometimes find myself accidentally doing is touching the top of the screen, which is the the key to jump back to the top myself. Right. Rather than I, I, I was already down sixteen pages, and the, I hate continuous scrolling websites. 
Right. I'd rather hit mm-hmm. a next button at the end of the page to go to the next page. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I'll have to work on it then. All right. Thanks, Tom. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. There's uh, always something annoying that somebody thought was a feature. Right, right. Hey, that's auto refresh. You don't need to. You don't need to hit Command R or uh, Control R all the time to refresh this website. Uh, I would rather do it that way. Refresh when I want to. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but you're right. A lot of places, and you're right, particularly the the endless scrolling ones. Yeah. Or if but you're in the middle of reading something. In that section that you're right. scrolling yep. down to, then all of a sudden it takes you back up to the top. Yeah. I mean, you're in, you're in something like Quora or Reddit, mm-hmm. and you can scroll down a page for two or three months. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the most annoying thing would be to have it suddenly pop to the top again uh, in the middle of an article. The other annoying thing sometimes happens is the ad will start following you down as you scroll, yes. covering what you're trying to read, and there's yes. an ad in the way. Yes, no, and, I hate that. And by the time you find that, it'd be the little X to tap on to make it go away. It's yeah. too late. Yep. Mm-hmm. While you are deep in your holiday hibernation, Microsoft quietly launched Android and iOS versions of Copilot, formerly known as Bing Chat. Copilot on iOS looks like Bing Chat, but it is a new standalone app. It functions similarly to the Chat GPT app. It can chat with you, draft messages and emails, support text to image generation. Since the Copilot large language model is powered by OpenAI, you can toggle on GPT-4 to use instead of the presumed default GPT-3.5. That's kind of a big deal because you have to pay for a chat GPT Plus subscription in order to use GPT-4 directly through OpenAI. But with the Copilot app, GPT-4 access is free, at least for now it is. Copilot also has OpenAI's most advanced AI image generator, Dall E3. The launch of a new Copilot app is a bit confusing because there's already a Bing Chat feature on the Bing app, which on the surface has the same look and function. In November, Microsoft rebranded Bing Chat to Copilot, which then became the umbrella term for all of Microsoft's generative AI products, which just caused a different kind of confusion. Congratulations. It's unclear whether the Copilot app will eventually replace the Bing Chat app, but Mashable has reached out to Microsoft for clarification uh, and has heard nothing from them so far. Uh, and if we hear back, if they hear back, we'll let you know. In the meantime, you can access Microsoft's AI-powered chat through two different apps, Bing and Copilot. So are you chatting with Copilot? Stop and give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299, toll-free 800 Well, the other big question I still got... Who is using a Raspberry Five? Five. Yes, but we still have not heard. Of we haven't that heard either. that from anybody. Yeah. Uh, but uh, talking about uh, these chat bot things, uh, I I meant to put it on a Chromebook the other day and play with it, and I just I got involved in. Other I was going to say you got more important things to do than playing around with that. Do. I have been so. playing around with uh, Google's AI chat. Um, uh, I wrote a Python program that lets me do all kinds of interesting stuff with that. And, uh, it, you know, they're okay depending on what you ask them. I just asked Microsoft Pilot to make me a driver's license for a 24-year-old Hispanic woman living in Dallas, Texas. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not able to create a driver's license for you. I can help you information to get a Texas license. Go to Texas. Nice. <laughs> what I want to know, and we could take bets on, 
is how long is that going to be around before Microsoft turns around and abandons it after people already get used to using it? Well, AI is the new hotness. So everybody is doing AI. So it'll mm-hmm. be at least a year before the next new hotness comes out. And this is, uh, uh, you know, the old and broken. Uh, Microsoft calls it your everyday AI companion. Right. With the genuine people personality. Right. <laughs> Sounds ghastly. It is. It is. <laughs> Um, and of course, it's not actual intelligence. It's it's just programming a, that someone has done. But a clever regurgitator. It's a clever mm-hmm. regurgitator. They all are. Yeah, that's you know when you when you use Google Chat or Siri or uh, uh, um, Alaska or any of those, uh, they're just they're just you know at least a couple of them are honest and say this is what I found on the web. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's all it is. Is literally a huge search engine. You know, like you say, pulling in anything it can on that particular thing that you want it to do. And then it's sitting there with some smarts, putting it together to say, you told it to write a report on, um, oh, I don't know, Elon Musk. You know, and how he, be, uh, his rocket X and all that type of stuff. Right. You know, it, it would sit there and do all the searching that and then come back with a, a report on that for you to do it. I have uh, I've been playing like I said I wrote I wrote some Python code that let me ask questions and uh, get the answers and it saves it all in a file and it turns it into a PHP um, uh, an HTML code thing uh, so I put them up some of them on my website asknick.com slash AI tests all lowercase and uh, you can see four of them there and and there are a couple that are kind of interesting <laughs> because right. Right in the middle of one of the answers, it switches to Chinese. Huh? If you go to Google Translate, it yeah. follows. I mean, it makes it, it follows along with what was going on before. It's not like it threw a different answer in there. It just it's the same answer, but now it's in Chinese. Chinese? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, and there are a couple of times where it really doesn't make sense. Um, and I had a little discussion about that. One of the... I said, tell me a joke. And it said, why did the teddy bear get an award? And I, I said, I don't know why. And it said, because it's outstanding in its field. And I said, I don't understand that. So it tried to explain it to me. It said, it would be funnier if it was a farmer. And it came back and said, you're right. It would be funnier if it was a farmer. Thank you very much. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so, yeah, I put there's four of them up there now. Every once in a while I go in. I don't have anything interesting to ask yet. So. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah, but um, it will. Uh, um, they're all they're all pretty much the same. They're all AI, and of course, they're all being sued now. Uh, all the all the image generation ones are being sued because they've stolen people's pictures. They've stolen people's uh, uh, intellectual property and used it to train their yeah. AI, and so those AIs are. Drawing things in the style of somebody, so that's, or actually stealing a part of that person's picture yeah. and sticking it in their own picture. Well, that's, that's why the Writers Guild also had issues, right? Because of them being, you know, other stuff that's been written that they could be out of work because AI can sit there and steal all this other previous information right. and scripts and everything else. You that can say, been, "Write me a thing in the style of." And you and you get it. Now yeah. I did that. I just really did that. We were talking about um, uh, the shadow, 
um, uh, novels and and uh, and how I was starting to read them. When I was a kid, I was very sick, and my father just went out and bought me a whole bunch of books, all the Tarzans and John Carter mm. Mars and The Shadow and Doc Savage, and I was exactly the right age for those. So I got all the Shadow books recently as uh, as um, EPUBs, uh, electronic copies, and I've been reading them. So uh, and and suggested by Steve Organic, I. Re- I said, write a murder mystery novel about the shadow in the style of Maxwell Grant, who's the guy who wrote the, – the, it's the house name of the guy who wrote the, the mm-hmm. shadow novels. And uh, it did not write me a 50,000-word novel, but it wrote me an awfully good little outline of what you you know, you know could expand into an actual shadow novel. Mm. I was quite impressed. Now, that's well out of copyright. Oh, yeah. Okay. But um, – um, if I were if I were Walter Gibson, the guy who wrote three hundred and change of the three hundred and twenty five shadow novels, I would be a little put out if I could ask AI to write a novel in the style would, uh, of, of a, me. Yeah. You know, I'd be a little put out by that. I think he did uh, ten thousand words a day, and it was wasn't the the you know National Writer Month in November to do a ten thousand ten thousand in a month fifty thousand words <laughs> in a month. He did that. More than that in a week. He had – what happened was it was the Depression. And um, they they came to him and said, we want you to write this novel, right? We've got this radio guy, The Shadow. And people love him, so we want to put out books. Street and Smith owned, owned the guy, and they also published books. So they thought, okay, let's do that. So he wrote a Shadow novel. It sold out in like an hour. They said, we'd like another one. Sold out in an hour. So they put him out every month, and then he said, we want to put him out every two weeks. We need to hire another writer. And Gibson said, no, you don't. I can do this. He And don't forget, this is in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. During the Depression, he had seven typewriters, typewriters lined up on a desk with seven different stories. And he'd type on one until he hit writer's block. Then he'd go to the next one. Then he'd go to the next one. And he'd type all day until his fingers bled. Hmm. And he wrote at his peak forty-five out. to fifty thousand word novels. Every ten days, he put out a new book. Twenty-four novels per year, equivalent yeah. of one point six million words a year at his peak. Yep, yep. Fifteen million words of the shadow alone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and that's not all he was writing at the time. He was doing other stuff too. Yeah. So the- yeah, he was. Uh, and, you know, they were getting William paid. Gibson, they were getting paid. You know, a quarter of a cent a word. Oh, he wrote a bun- bunch of books on Houdini and, and yes. magic. Yeah, and Blackstone. Well, and that's how we got started. And then he incorporated all of that into the shadow. In fact, I just finished a book where he used one of Houdini's tricks to get out of a trap. You know, so yeah, that was uh, that was that kind of thing. And uh, um, that's that's the sort of stuff that that he wrote, and he wrote. Over 300 of the 325 shadow novels all by himself. And people complain that they can't write uh, NaNoWriMo, right? 50,000 words in a month. Um, Do you ever watch Castle TV show with Nathan Fillion where he's a writer? Yeah. The poker scenes where they had other writers. Yes. James Patterson berating him for only writing one book a year. You're right. So what, what would Walter Gibson think of James Patterson only doing 10 books a year? Exactly. You know? <laughs> Not all of which he wrote. Yeah. That's a different story. We're going to take a quick break. 
Back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It's 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Soundbites, right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. While you take that break, write a novel. We'll be right back. Computer talk you can understand. More Soundbites is next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 34 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites. And, uh... You can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299, toll-free 800-7900-415. Well, the new year has arrived, and with it, a new month. And that means that we're also looking... That's how it works. I don't know if you knew that. Really? Yeah. Uh, that means we're also looking forward to a new Android security patch. And like clockwork, Google is delivering at the beginning of January, just a month after it launched the December feature drop for Pixel phones. The company has released its... January security bulletin going over all the bugs and security loopholes it fixed. Eligible devices start with the Pixel 5a or 5g, depending on uh, what you want to call it, and go all the way up to the Pixel 8 Pro, including the Fold and Pixel Table. Uh, in addition to security patches, Google lists a few fixes that are going live with this build, most notably one that involves a problem with the camera app crashing. As is normally the case, this month's Android security bulletin is split into two levels. One data January 1 that deals with the vulnerabilities in Android as a whole, and another data January 5 that patches specific, a vendor-specific flaws. The January 1 set is free of any critical severity CVEs, or common vulnerabilities and exposures, instead only mentioning 10 high-severity high CVEs that were closed, as well as an issue with media codecs that is being patched via Google Play system updates. The January 5 patches close a total of 49 CVEs, including three critical severity vulnerabilities, and Qualcomm closed-source components. While Samsung and Pixel phones are usually among the first to receive the update, Google has given up on its fixed update schedule with the launch of the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro. Instead, the company now says it releases new monthly and quarterly updates once they're ready, without trying to hit its old first Monday of the month schedule. With this in mind, it likely still won't take too long for the update to roll out to Pixel phones. After all, Google needs to keep its devices as secure as possible. Other phone manufacturers will make the update available according to their own update schedules. Some only provide bi-monthly updates or even slower. For example, uh, Samsung updates older phones less frequently than newer ones, so some of its devices are only in for quarterly updates. Did you check your Android phone for an update? Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299, toll-free 1-800-7900-415. That's one of the reasons I very much prefer a Pixel phone um, <clears throat> because like uh, uh, iPhones, they're made by the company that makes the operating system. Mm -hmm. And so they get the updates first. You you get them immediately. Uh, there's, there's almost zero likelihood they won't work. I don't say zero and for then, either one of those operating systems, yeah. but I say almost zero mm -hmm. chance they won't work. And you don't have to wait. You know, we've said this before. Um, the big dog has to be the last one to mark the tree. So when you when when Google puts out an update, um, they put it on their Pixel phones immediately. But they then have to send it to Samsung, who then makes whatever changes they want. Bloatware. And then they put it out. Right. So you wait at the very least while Samsung makes those changes. And as I said in the story itself... 
Samsung has two different schedules, one for new phones, one for old phones. If you've got an old phone, it's women and children first. You're just going to wait. So um, uh, that's one of the reasons I prefer a Pixel phone because I know I'm going to get both the pure Android experience without any bloatware or any changes. That's the and first thing that I loved about my Pixel phone. Yep. And and you know you're going to get it fast, fast and convenient. One of the things we've talked about uh, several times here is the confusion among messaging systems. Both Samsung's and Google's messaging program, texting program, is called Messages. The one from Google automatically backs up to your Google Drive. Mm -hmm. The one from Samsung does not. So if you change phones, you may lose messages uh, using the Samsung app, whereas you likely will not lose messages. You can turn it off, but if you don't, you generally won't lose messages using the Google app. So, um, uh, you know, there's there's a whole um, mindset as to how that's supposed to work and is going to work. I wish apps could have two lines of text. Yeah. So, so you could tell which was which. Yep, yep. <clears throat> yeah, and the, and the icons are very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're basically just different colors. Yeah. I believe the uh, Android one is blue. I don't remember they're, what the Samsung one is. It looks like is. they're both bluish, but one has the three dots of uh, impending typing. Um, but this article I found doesn't say which is which. <laughs> it just shows both well, the icons. That one's the Google one. Okay, yeah. So then the Samsung one has the three dots in it. Okay, there you go. Like you're typing. Right. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that the horror of every teenager? So they see the three dots, and then it goes away without <laughs> actually getting a message? <laughs> ah! Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> he's typing, he's typing. No, he's not. Yeah. That's one thing, though, that I, I'll never forget that. I believe her name was Marsha. The day I was uh, going in for another phone, and they, you know, they were trying to push me into this other Galaxy phone or whatever. Sure. And this uh, girl, Marsha, was a salesperson. She goes, are you in a real hurry for one? I go, no. She goes, you might want to wait and see this Pixel phone. She goes, it's really nice, and, you know, but they're not saying much about it. She goes, but I didn't tell you that, okay? I said, okay, well, I think I'll, I'm just scouting out right now. I'll wait. Yeah. So I came back and I purposely went right to her. And uh, she set me up with a new one and I looked at it. You know, I get it all set up and I go, there's nothing there. She goes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You get to put whatever you want on there. It doesn't come with all this other stuff. I go, Cool. Yep. I get to set up what I want, the way I want it. I think the only thing that came on there was the Google search, uh, Play Store. Play Store and uh, Messenger. Google yep. Messenger was on there. And the phone app. Yeah, and the phone app. Uh, Other yeah. than that, pretty much not. Well, and, the, and I think the... I think Chrome was on it. Well, but there was other that's, things that's about on it. That's about there was it. other things on right. the menu that you could move over right. to a right. screen, right. like audio and all this other stuff. But it's like... Yeah, as far as the other bloatware, which, like you were saying, so many of these other companies add into the updates of her Chrome and all that. Yeah, no, didn't have it, and that's why I'll, to this day, never go away from a Pixel phone. Yep, I uh, I love the fact that I get to decide what goes on my phone. It's yeah, great. Si- since I'm paying for it, it's not like they own it. Right. I hated, I hated, I had a Samsung phone. 
and there were it was almost full, particularly with games that I just simply never played. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't get rid of them. Yeah. And apps that I didn't use, couldn't get rid of them. Yep. Whereas with a Pixel phone, they don't even show up. You, you, you'd you have to go get them. And anything you go get, you probably want. Well, mm-hmm. that, and that goes back to advertising earlier. Exactly. Some company paid Samsung some money to put these apps on the phone so the phone's a little cheaper. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon tried that directly with their phone. Uh, in fact, they still do it with the Fire tablets. Right. That if if you if you pay a little less, you get ads permanently on screen that you can't get rid of. Right. Only the Samsung phones aren't that much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm and then and then particularly when you get the the A line of Pixel phones, like the Pixel Six A or the Seven A, a little bit bigger screen coming out with an Eight A. The A is for affordable. It's got slightly lower specs, which, trust me, 90% of you won't even notice. Or is the A for afterthought? Could be. I don't care. <laughs> the last I knew, it was a little Cut bit bigger mind. screen. That's like a little cheaper one. Right. I thought it was a little bit bigger screen, too. No, no. that No. Um, it's it's no. generally the same size as the regular screen. Okay. Only uh, it's it's slightly lower um, resolution uh, speed. Oh. Uh, in the, you know, or maybe... It's a phone! Yeah, exactly. Hello! Exactly. Um, uh, well, in this, so the 8A has a 6.1-inch screen, and the 8 nothing has a 6.2-inch screen. Right, right. Um, but it's, it's so you, you might get a slightly uh, lower quality screen, a slightly slower processor, slightly less memory, but not much. Something and you're really not going to notice. You know, it's like two dollars $300 cheaper, so... You know, uh, how much do you need that extra stuff? You know, everybody, I'm sorry, but uh, Apple constantly touting how great the camera is. How many people really take advantage of that? Um, You know, I took a picture of my cat and it came out nice. So did mine. Yeah. My camera was fine for taking a picture of a cat. And it doesn't miss many colors. And are you going to print it? What I like is the, is the the software now, um, computational photography. Yep. I just saw an ad for one of the, the uh, might have been a Pixel, where, you know, you, you take a group shot and every single picture, someone is looking the wrong way or funny hair or stupid, eye, you know. And so in software, it picks the best face because yep. it can do portrait faces now and generates an image where everyone's looking at the camera and smiling. I think they call that right. top shot. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so so you can t- and then and then there's and they tout that as a feature of the phone rather than the camera software. Right, right, right. And then there's a there's another one where you can take a whole bunch of pictures all at once. You know, you hit the button once, yep. it takes forty pictures. Like a panoramic. It gives you the first one. No, oh. it gives you the best one. Oh. Well, most phones do that now anyway. Um, right. They'll take two, especially if you turn on the HDR feature. It'll take three or four pictures with with different apertures. You know, um, right. you know, a, a dark one, a light one, and one in the middle, and generates it all for you. Um, in that fraction of a second that you've pushed the button, there's so much computation it's gone. That's why it, it was a big thing when um, uh, iPhone 14, maybe, or 15, there's a raw mode. Right. And real photographers like that raw mode because it's the raw photo, and then I'll mess with it in Photoshop. Right, and, For, and this phone has it too. Yeah. Um, For average it, people, they want that computation. Yeah. You end up with, raw files yep. are huge. But yes, uh, and the other thing is, of course, you know, for for years now, you've been able to do blurring and all of that yep. stuff. Bouquet. First time, 
What? Bouquet. Bouquet. <laughs> the first time I did a blur, a background blur, uh, somebody said to me, what software did you use? I said, I just did it in the phone. No, you can't. I can't. Yeah. My phone does that. Yes. One um, other thing I noticed, though, like you say, with the camera, so improving the cameras, what I found did does work a little bit better and faster is like, because I never go to the bank anymore. Right. If I no. get a check for somebody... I can sit there in the app, open it up, and automatically take pictures of the front and back, and I can just set it over it, and bam, it quickly. Oh yeah! Now focuses in, gives me a you know nice clear shot. Boom, take it. Whereas before I had to play around, I was having trouble focusing. Now with the latest yep. updates, it yeah. zeroes in. Same with boom. QR codes. So much. Processor. I just I barely. Have the phone in front of the QR code and it's already taken. Yep. It. Yeah. Goop. What and then the language translation, which is now uh, built unbelievable in, built into camera apps now instead yep. of a whole separate app. Hold it up to Spanish and you see English. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, that was not bad. Hold it up to Chinese and you see English. That's impressive. That's mm-hmm. impressive. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. But how many cameras can we add to the phone now? So three, well, three, is, three is, is getting common. Four is now the next. I think somebody put out a a, some a, point, a parody phone with twenty cameras on it. <laughs> right. At some point, you got to say, you know what? I've got enough cameras. Well, the one thing Apple on this is, one device. One thing Apple is is kind of trending toward with their uh, Vision Pro stereo goggles is being right. able to take a stereo picture with the phone, but they need the cameras farther apart to match your interocular distance. Right. So instead of having the cameras clustered at one end, there's some rumors that the next camera. The next phone may have cameras at both ends, right? So it can take better 3D photos for the next. It, it's doing it now with the cameras right next to each other. Well, it, that's not quite ocular distance right. apart. But the other way, this is. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. I do. Um, I don't. I don't need it, or indeed want it. But this and is- I can't. I'm sorry, but uh, Google Glass and and all its its successors. Um, just aren't really there yet for mm-hmm. me. What I what I could use because I always remember faces and I have a terrible time with names. I always have. I, I'm a nomic, and I know that, and and I get that. Everybody is. I think for the most part, it's been proven statistically. What I want, right? What I want is is my glasses will say will focus in on you and then put Dave Enright mm-hmm. yeah up next to your name, and I look over here and I'll see Steve Ray. Yeah, over there. So that that's what I want. Give Turn me that. Turn that feature on yeah. or off. Yeah. Give me that. So. Especially since so many phones have face detection biometrics. Right. They know your face. They know your face. Everybody knows your face. It's not uh, It's not like that's so, a right. surprise So anybody. it doesn't even have to be that device reading the names. It can be Dave's phone is broadcasting, I'm Dave. That's true. <laughs> My phone is broadcasting, I I'm Dave. I used to have a device that did do that. Yeah, it was called the Wife. She, yeah. I couldn't remember the name. She'd go yes. up and say, hi, I'm Lori. And then they'd say their name. they go, oh, yeah. Yep. There was a I, I, book series. I could tell you everything I know about a person, where I met them, why I know them, how long I've known them. I just can't tell you that it, my brain freezes when somebody says, when I go to introduce somebody. I, that happened to me. I was walking through Midtown Plaza. This is how long ago it was. So it's, it's not, Decades it's not age-related. Decades ago. I was walking with my friend Lou, uh, Lou Fico, and we, we saw um, uh, Betty Meyer, who used to own Bullwinkle's Cafe. 
And uh, I walked up to Betty and I said, hi, Betty, how are you? And I said, and this is my friend. And you couldn't remember his name. That I've known since I was two. We live next door to each other. <laughs> and, of course, he, being my best friend at the time, knew I was a gnomic and was not going to help. Yep. Absolutely oh, not going to help. Threw, didn't even throw you a lifeline? No, of course not. Oh. No, no. Threw you a boat anchor. Yeah. Yeah, I could, t- I could, the minute I could tell you his name, I've been talking to him, calling him Lou, everything else. The minute I had to have his name in my head to introduce him to somebody, it was gone. And it just, it, there, you could have held a gun to my head. No, yep. I have no idea. Well, I know, I know what that feeling is like. Yeah. And that's why I say I had an app for that's, yep. yeah. It's a very common sci fi trope where, you know, the glasses, the lens, or even just your brain implant, it, it Shows everyone's right. score, right? Their their um, uh, uh, social score. So you know this guy has a low score, or I don't their want... threat score, or yeah. whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the old days in uh, Second Life, how people go around yeah. with yeah. their names over. That would be handy and if ready player we could one. walk around, like you say, with glasses on. Their name would be floating over their head. Yep, that'd be perfect. That they, would work for me. They live. They live. <laughs> Great movie. Great movie. Terrible movie, but a great movie. Yep. <laughs> there was a there was an episode of South Park where the two crippled kids, Jimmy and Timmy, did a blow by blow stage recreation of the Roddy Piper fight. Nice. From oh, really? It's hilarious. Oh, very nice. And the two guys in that fight apparently actually fought. They hit each other for real. They were both. They oh. were both. Fighters, uh, uh, wrestlers, fighters, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And they said, no, no, make it real. Let's make it real. Well, the same thing most martial artists will tell you, the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the movie martial artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle Yeoh famously, Michelle Yeoh famously said, um, uh, I'd rather be hit six times hard, get six good takes hard, than 50 takes soft. Mm-hmm. You know, get them done right the, the first time. So yeah, I get that. It's uh, it makes sense. You do it right and you move on. Who was the other guy? It was it was Roddy 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 Piper. Yeah. It wasn't Kate, it wasn't David Keith or Keith David. Poor guy's got two first names. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, Clark Clark Greg Clark. No, it was Greg. Keith David. Yeah, oh, it was Keith. Yeah, he's just so young. Yeah. Because <laughs> Keith David's in a lot of stuff now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Keith David. Every now and then, John Carpenter has to tweet um, after his his um, uh, obituary gets published. Is no, I may look like it, but I'm not dead yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's a it's a fun and interesting movie. It's a terrible movie. Keith David with Let's no hair. Honest. That's why I didn't recognize him. But it's a fun movie. He's on <laughs> uh, the new Quantum Leap now. I think. Yeah, I, I haven't. I don't watch commercial television anymore. I just don't. There's yeah. stuff that I'm, I'm still yeah. recording on my DVR, and, and I uh, love it. Then I can sit there and fast forward through the commercials. But I'm still not watching it. Uh, you know, it's, oh. it's recording them and recording them and recording. I don't even go back and watch them anymore. Um, well, I missed, well, I was saying I, yeah. I put up a Plex server, and I'm blaming Steve Organic. This is his fault. Uh, I put up a Plex server, and now I'm ripping my DVDs. And as I was saying. I, I went to look at my DVDs, and about half of them are missing. 
My daughter has them. No, they weren't missing. They were just relocated. They were relocated. Right. You need to get a, um, what is it, the silicon dust um, home run. Because then it can record right. over, it can record over the air shows and it can record streaming shows. Right. And then you fill up your Plex server that way. Because I ran into the problem. I missed the first few episodes of, of the, uh, the, the new Quantum Leap run because I waited too long. So YouTube, I use YouTube TV, which gives you unlimited DVR, but only for nine months. Right. And apparently I waited too long because season two started with a rerun of season one. But they skipped a couple, apparently key episodes in season one. So I missed a couple of them. And I don't pay for the uh, uh, probably Peacock TV <clears throat> to be able to see them otherwise. So, see, that, that's always the problem. The service will have some episodes for free, and then you got to pay to get the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time, if you wait long enough, they come around again on regular broadcast TV. Right. Well, I, I like it. I just saw... Um on Amazon Prime, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they've got um, the, what's Oppenheimer? Yeah, yeah. To, to rent. <clears throat> so I definitely want to see because you got to have three hours to be able to sit for that. Well, but, that's exactly right. But it's nice being able to do it in your own home that you can hit there and hit the pause button, make a quick run to get a beverage or whatever you got to do. And it's common to have giant. TVs now in your own home, and so you, you, if you got a sixty-inch TV and you're sitting five feet from it, that, you know that's like that thousand-inch movie screen. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, with the, well, I've also got the sound bar. Yeah. So that, you know the sound bar with the subwoofer on the floor that you know just comes booming at you. Matter of fact, Nick and I were talking about that before. Uh, one of the big problems, especially with folks over sixty-five, I'll even say sixty. Uh, the, tone, uh, the tones that you can hear on TV, like Nick was pointing out, the sound effects are more important than hearing the voices. And when we're listening to TV, quite often the voices sound very muddled. And I said, the, uh, told him, I said mm-hmm. the only way to really get around that is there's a device that you can hook up to your TV. You can do some research on it. It's called a parametric uh, equalizer by Bob Heil. And what he's done is created this equalizer with its own sub uh, speaker that you can hook up and make the adjustments. They'll walk you even through it, depending on whether you've got one hearing aid or two hearing aids, to bring those voices back up that you can now hear them like when you were 20 years old. I think we've talked about that in the past because yeah. it came up in my link list. Yeah. Let's we'll see if it's in our link list. But um, you, you, would, you would expect... That the audio in the show would let you hear the actors. No, but so much of the background music. I've had to turn off my surround system yep. sometimes. Yep, because the the ambient background we noise is about. too much. And it has nothing to do with our ears because I have friends who are much younger who who say the same thing. And it's the audio mixers, the audio engineers yep. doing this. Because when I watch an old movie, you know, from the forties or thirties, The Thin Man or my man yep. Godfrey or anything like that, Melty's Falcon. It's clear as day. Mm-hmm. All the the voices are super. Well, also we didn't have Marlon Brando, who I blame for all yeah. of this. People, and it's they're also adding uh, uh, spatial audio, and you and so we, we we used to have two point one left, right, and bass. 
Right. And then they added the two rear. Then they added two sides. And now they added the over the top. And then they added, you know, so we're, you know, 9.3. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and how about just make, make, make me understand the actors. That center channel right in the front, only the actors. I only want to hear the actors. I don't, I, I don't care. Yep. I'm sure you look, I get it. Your incidental music is super important, but not more important than the dialogue. If I if I leave your movie humming the incidental music, your movie's a failure. It's just the way it is. All right. That's it. First show of 2024 is in the books, or about to be in the books, and soon to be online, thanks to Steve. Uh, we are done for another week. I want to thank everybody who called in. I want to thank everybody who listened. I want to thank everybody who watched us on all the streaming services. I just want to thank everybody. I'm in a thankful mood. Thank Dave Enright. Thanks, Steve Ray. I'm Nick Francesco. We'll be back here next week with a whole other hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That's right. A whole other hour of sound bites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. We will see you in just 166 hours. Be good to one another, will you?